Hey guys, welcome back to the Big Intentions Podcast. I'm your host, Ireland. I'm excited to be back with you guys this week. It's the start of a new month. It's June 1st when this episode is going live. It truly is the beginning of summer. It feels like summer. Everything is screaming summer. So, so excited for summer. I This is like the first time that I'm genuinely excited for summer, which I know sounds crazy, but I've always been like a fall girl, a back to school girly like I loved school growing up and I was just always like I did not like being away from my friends I loved the social interaction of school but now looking back on it I think I really liked the structure and routine of school and I didn't realize until recently how much of a structure and routine girly I really am so I feel like it just really allows me to be present in what I'm doing and it alleviates so much anxiety whenever I'm like have a routine. So I'm really excited for this week's episode. I have a spray tan going on. So I look tan. I don't think my face matches my tan. Um, so we're going to need to fix that problem. I bought some darker makeup, so hopefully that'll work. But yeah, I got a spray tan. So like I'm really feeling myself and I'm excited. I have an upcoming trip coming, upcoming trip coming up, whatever. That's a mouthful. Anyways, so this week's podcast episode, so excited, and it's going to be a new series that I'm going to do on this podcast, and it's going to be the self-mastery series. So I hadn't really heard of this like term coined before um, until pretty recently, honestly. So I guess I've definitely heard of the concept of self-mastery and like the pillars of self-mastery, obviously, but really not this term. It's kind of new to me. And, um, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to dive into it, learn more about it, share it with you guys. And I think it'll be good. So that's just a little glimpse in today's podcast episode. But, um, before that, a few housekeeping things. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like and comment on the video that increases the engagement on the video so other people can see it. And I want to hear from you guys. So you could do that. You can subscribe to my channel, put the little bell notification on, and that will help you get notified whenever I post a new video. So you're always in the know. And then finally, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcasts, leave a five-star rating and let's, you know, spread the word. So let's just dive into the segments for this week's episode. So first of all, living out loud. So this past weekend, which, which was a much needed break, it was Memorial Day weekend and I absolutely loved this weekend. It was just one, um, I don't know. It was just a really good weekend, like well-rounded weekend. Like I did a lot. I relaxed a lot. It was awesome. Um, so it was one year since Spencer and I's first date. So we recreated our first date one year later, like to the day. And so that was on Sunday and it was so fun. We went to Cidercade, which is an arcade bar in Dallas, Texas. So there was like retro games, but there's also some like new age games too. Um, and my personal favorite is Pac-Man and that's where our first kiss was, was by the Pac-Man machine. So I don't know, it's cute, whatever. But I also just love Pac-Man it's so fun and I get kind of competitive. Um, I put it in one of my most recent vlogs, like us recreating the date. Like we tried to wear like, he wore the same outfit. I wore an outfit that was pretty similar. I wore the same top, but different bottoms and shoes. But anyways, that was fun. Like that was cute. And so we played all the games. And then after that, um, 
which one I want to say like playing games like that is very healing to the inner child. It's just so fun to go. No agenda. You're just there. You're having fun. You're playing like just allowing yourself to play is always a good idea. Um, but after that, we went and got Zalot Pizza, which is what we did on our first date, too. Um, it's, so it's like a Dallas pizza chain, I guess, but it's really good. And um, also, they didn't really have, like, wings or anything there, but we wanted wings, so we got Wingstop, which I feel like I've been sleeping on Wingstop. Like, if I only had it once in the past, like, several years, like, I think maybe in college I had it. But anyways, it's actually really good, and I'm, like, low-key. One, way better than B-dubs. So better. Like, I'm slandering B-dubs right now, but B-dubs has definitely went downhill since middle school. Like, throwback to middle school when we would get the 99-cent kids meals, if you know, you know. Anyways, so that was the whole date thing. That was super fun, and basically... Um, yeah, the rest of the weekend was pretty chill. We tried a new church, which was actually really good. And, um, I know actually we tried that last week. Yeah. Anyways, we went again this weekend too, and it was really good. And I think that's going to be like our new spot and it has everything we're looking for. And I think it's a good fit. So that's good. The rest of the weekend we watched cars, which was also healing the inner child, just lots of healing this weekend, but in fun ways. Um, so that's always a good time. And then we also ordered sandwiches at Sprouts. Like you go into the deli counter and you order like a made to order sandwich. You like write it on this little piece of paper, little piece of paper. I'm talking really fast right now, but it's okay. And yeah, that was so good. And if you have a Sprouts near you, you need to go try that. Spencer found it on like TikTok. Like people were talking about these sandwiches. So we just went and did that and they're like $5. So, you know, and they're like good size sandwiches too. So in terms of content recs, um, obviously got to rewatch Cars. Such a classic. Like everything about that movie is just so good. Like, and it's funny. So Recommend that. Um, I'm reading Mockingjay. Almost there. Almost through this Hunger Games series. Just to go back to read the prequel. So, um, yeah. I'm really close to finish Mocking, finishing Mockingjay. And then my current, like, nonfiction read is I Will Teach You to Be Rich. So, that's, like, a whole other thing. Like, financial literacy girly over here. Doing all of those um, kind of, like, action steps in that book. Like, open up high yield savings, blah, 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 checking, you know, all the financial stuff. If you guys want me to do a financial podcast and just talk to you about like what I'm learning, you know, not that I'm an expert, but happy to do that. Happy to share with you guys, whatever I'm learning. Um, yeah. And then I've been listening to like the Railbird festival lineup just on Spotify. I looked up, if you're going to a concert or something, you can like, just look up the lineup or, if, if you're going to a music festival, look up the lineup. If you're going to a concert, you can look up like the plate, like the set list. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Me being a huge concert girl. Um, but yeah, basically I don't think I've even been to a music festival since the snake pit, which is an EDM music festival in, um, Indianapolis. And it's at the Indy 500. It's like during the Indy 500. I don't know, like the race is going on, but you're in the infield and it's like EDM. That's a whole experience. That's a whole thing. I don't even know, but it was fun. So I think that's the last music festival I've been to. I've been to many concerts since then, but yeah, that was in like 2019, I think. So that was fun. But anyways, I'm going back to Kentucky this weekend. When you're listening to this episode, I'm in Kentucky and we're having a great time there. I'm sure. 
So intentional living is the next segment and my intention last week was to do the artist way task and morning pages every day and then also go on my artist date. So I made a whole vlog about my artist date which was honestly I lacked in that area. It was not my best date that I've taken myself on but Anyways, so I will just continue practicing the artist day. It's kind of like meditation, you know, it's just a practice. You have to get better at it. So, um, checking in though on the morning pages, I did those every day, three pages of like just consciousness streaming. I don't know if that, I wrote down something about consciousness, blah, 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 but I can't think of the exact word, but basically you're just like brain dumping and it's just such a nice release in the morning. Like I enjoy the act of writing in the morning. It's cozy. You feel lighter. You get everything out on paper to start your day. I think sometimes it just becomes a to-do list for me, which the point of the morning pages is just to dump and create space in from your brain, make room for the creative, um, declutter it if you will, but it's a great exercise. And in terms of the task, I feel like within the book, there's like a list of different tasks and some of them are a little bit cheesy, but I'm just trying to lean into the process and remove my judgments around it and just participate and indulge the author in her process. And for example, one of the weekly tasks was to like write a letter to somebody who like discouraged or shut down your inner creative. Um, and like, what would you tell this person? And, you know, I thought it was a little bit silly, but I just embraced it and did it and just like releasing those things. Um, so that's kind of just like a little update on the day to day task and morning pages. And like I said, the artist date was not the best, but Basically what I did was I went thrifting and I think I had a little bit too high of expectations on like finding stuff and like being creative with what I found and I ended up not finding anything. So that kind of was like a bad start to the date, the artist date, but then I kind of redeemed myself. I just went and got an ice cream cone and read my book outside the ice cream shop and I thought that was you know, that was healing. That was good. That was fun. I enjoyed that. I went to Jenny's ice cream and tried that for the first time. And honestly, that was good. If there's a Jenny's near you, you haven't tried it. I would recommend. I got the gooey cake batter and the salted peanut butter, like ice cream. So yeah, I just sat there and read my book and ate my ice cream. And it was like, just felt like being a kid, no agenda, nothing to do. That was fun. I enjoyed that. So my intention for this week, it's pretty simple. Just be fully present in the moment that I'm in and also to finish the Mockingjay book and to start our June book, which is the Songbirds, Ballads of the Songbirds, whatever the prequel to the Hunger Games series is. Um, I feel like my coffee is kicking in like three hours later. I don't know, but I'm really on one right now. I'm like feeling jittery, but it's fine. So let's just move into the words to live by and this will just lead us into the main topic. So the mastery of self. So this is by Don Miguel Ruz Jr. And it goes, no one is responsible for your emotional reactions except you. Others can say and do anything they like, but what happens inside is only the result of what you are thinking and feeling. So I feel like I need to memorize this quote and live by it daily because it's so true. We are responsible for our reactions and this is a perfect segue into the topic of self-mastery and it really encapsulates this concept and why it's so keen that we pay attention to our reactions and how 
they can impact um, and control the way that we react to the situations that we find ourselves in. So the main topic being self-mastery, you know, this is the beginning of a series where there's many pillars to self-mastery. And in today's episode, I kind of want to detail self-mastery, introduce one of the pillars of self-mastery, which is self-awareness, and then kind of like dive into that and some of the benefits and how to practical ways to implement it into your life. So self-mastery is the ability to control your thoughts, emotions, and actions. It is the ability to make choices that are in line with your values and goals, even when it is difficult. Self-mastery is a way of intentional living. And this concept really is the basis for intentional living. I feel like all of the episodes I've done so far have kind of honestly been rooted in this and going back to self-mastery. Like, I mean, even in that definition, talking about the ability to make choices and aligning them with your goals and values, like that was the whole episode that we did um, on beliefs and choice. And I think it really kind of just all ties back together. Really self-improvement, self-mastery, kind of go hand in hand. But if you want to become the highest version of yourself, self-mastery is going to be a part of that journey. And self-mastery is not about being perfect. It's about being aware of your weaknesses and working to overcome them. It's about making choices that are in line with your values, even when it's difficult. And it's about being persistent and not giving up on your dreams and your goals that you have for yourself. So I know that the term itself can come across kind of overwhelming, like self-mastery. It sounds like you have to be an expert in you. You have to know everything, self-improvement queen. But I don't think it's really, it doesn't have to be viewed that way. It's all about perspective. And really the idea of self-mastery is just always striving to become the truest version of yourself. And it's a tool set that you can develop to, um, basically use in life to overcome challenges. So, you know, the reason I believe it's important is because oftentimes I feel like my thoughts and emotions can kind of creep up on me and impact and influence different aspects of my life. And I don't feel in control in those moments. And I don't like that feeling of not being in control. I want to have some sense of control. You have this, the control to, dictate how you react to situations. You know, maybe the situation itself you can't control, but you can control how you react to things. So if I have the control and I can take responsibility of my emotional reactions, I can feel more in control of my life. And I can dictate how I respond in these situations and not let these different variations or trials, tribulations, whatever, ruts in the road, bumps in the road, throw me off the course. Um, and I feel like really self-mastery is a form of intentionality and developing the skill set and tools used to gain control and rein in your reactions and really put you in positions to react in ways that one, you'll look back at and be proud of, and two, just give you a sense of release and peace about how you're reacting in situations. You know, it's like sometimes I react to a situation and then after the fact, I'm looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why didn't I just take a moment to really think about, you know, instead of reacting, I want to respond to the situation. And we'll get into that um, as well. But 
one of the main pillars of self-mastery is self-awareness and that's what I really want to dive into in today's episode. I feel like this might be kind of a short episode just because I'm talking so fast. So if you ever think I'm talking too fast, if you're listening to this, you can change the speed um, on Spotify. I don't know if you can on YouTube. I think you can slow down videos on YouTube too. Just check the settings and change the speed if I'm going way too fast. And you can just listen to me for longer. And how wonderful is that? So, anyways, self-awareness is the ability to understand your own thoughts, emotions, and motivations. It's really the foundation for self-mastery because without self-awareness, it's difficult to change or control your behavior. And self-awareness is the recognition of one's own emotional state at any given point in time. Um... And it's really just a good practice to be able to evaluate where you're at, take an inventory on how am I feeling, what, how is this situation making me feel. It's just really self-awareness is one of the key pillars of self-mastery. So self-awareness, it's the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. So being conscious of this you know, of these things, your character, your feelings, your motives, your desires, sometimes this can be painfully, it can be painful, it can, you can be painfully aware of them, and because sometimes knowing and getting deeper with yourself can be painful, you know, but it's really that, this awareness that leads you and allows you to greatness and to become your highest self. You have to get real with yourself. You have to be vulnerable. That's when change can occur and growth can happen is when you're vulnerable. And to become your highest self, self self-awareness can lead you there. The emotional state that you reside in can influence your behavior and your thought process. So to be self-aware is to recognize the emotional state that you're currently in. Self-awareness is you know, kind of a way um, to be introspective and to examine or observe your own mental and emotional processes. And really, self-awareness is vital in navigating life's challenges and preparing you for what's to come your way and how you're going to react in those situations, which ultimately leads to self-mastery. So um, some ways that we can cultivate self-awareness are the following ways. So getting curious. In order to grow, you have to be curious. Get curious about yourself. And psychologists call this self-curiosity. To develop self-awareness, it requires an information-gathering perspective and some ways that you can become more self-curious include the following. So, okay, so understand why you do what you do. So this is important when you notice yourself reacting rather than responding or if you notice yourself repeating unhealthy behavior patterns that you no longer wish to have. So ask yourself why you respond and react in the ways that you do. And I personally find myself, I can be pretty reactive. Um, Sometimes my temper gets the best of me and I don't love that. So, you know, I think... There are just times when I can be a little bit more defensive or like on guard when somebody is disagreeing with me or telling me something. I really feel like I have to fight for my voice to be heard. I feel like a lot of times 
I'm just so reactive in these situations and I get defensive and I don't think that is a good behavior. I don't love that behavior that I recognize in myself. And, you know, so really instead of just saying like, yeah, I don't like that. I really want to dig deeper and just, and in these situations understand why did I get reactive? Why did I get defensive about this certain thing? What is that deeper rooted, you know, thought process that's happening and that's one way that you can be more curious just understanding why you're reacting to things in certain ways and you know really I think one way that I could improve upon this so instead of reacting or like I feel like I want to react a certain way I think I really just need to center myself and pause and reflect and say one is it really worth negatively reacting over and two you know, why am I, why am I choosing to react this way? Because ultimately you are in control of your choices and your, the way that you react to situations. So I think if you want to improve in this, pausing and reflecting is a good way to kind of start that process. And, you know, you can always go back. If you feel like you really need to say something, you can always go back and say something most of the time. Um, but really, I just think it's good practice, like not negatively responding to something. There's never anything wrong with that, you know, so kind of taking note of these things that you negative negatively react to and then addressing those and saying, like, what's the pattern here? What's the root cause of this reaction? Why do I respond this way? How can I, you know, set up structures and systems to pause, reflect you know, maybe this is like one of those habit forming things where you notice yourself, you're listening to someone, they're disagreeing with you, you, you start to get the cue is like, you really want to say that thing to them, but, or you start breathing. I don't know, whatever that cue is for you in the, whatever situation that you want to apply this to, and then trying to, okay, I noticed like this is happening. Let me take a deep breath, reset. Why do I want to react that way? Okay, I don't want to react that way, really. That's just like my instinct to do that. And then revert the, the, the habit, the bad habit, and react and respond rather than react. So that's one thing. Understand why you do what you do. Another way to be more self-curious is don't assume you know everything about yourself. So we're always constantly changing, evolving, growing, transforming, and we can always discover things about ourselves that we didn't know before. So maybe this means trying something new and taking note of how you respond to this new activity, paying attention to the feelings of the experience that are conjured up in this, and really just trying new things is a great way to discover new things about yourself. Another way to be more self-curious is to allow yourself to be amazed by your inner world. So the journey of self-awareness and self-curiosity can lead you to a path of authenticity and it can reveal the most honest, authentic, and truest form of yourself and the way that your, um, this impacts the values and beliefs and the choices and the lifestyles that you have. So another part of self-curiosity is setting boundaries with judgment, guilt, and shame. So when, when evaluating such depths of yourself and your beliefs, often feelings of judgment or shame and guilt can arise. And when identifying my core beliefs and identifying limiting beliefs that I had, I felt like judgment was arising. Like, 
oh, why do you have that limiting belief? And being even more judgmental on myself and harder on myself than I really need to be. Um, And I think that just setting in place boundaries or recognizing when you're starting to feel these emotions come up, judgment or guilt or shame, you know, you don't have to be so hard on yourself. And really the idea of self-curiosity and self-awareness are tools that can help you become the highest version of yourself. And you're really, when you're using these practices, just think of it as a practice. You're just trying to hone in and become the best version of yourself. So, you know, there's no need to be judgmental or to have these feelings of shame and guilt. I mean, I'm sure, Obviously, they're going to arise, but not feeding into them, you know, again, controlling your reactions to situations. And I think that this will be helpful um, to just practice grace and to be kind to yourself. And I think that, you know, you kind of have to have that going into it of like, okay, I'm recognized that these things might arise, but I'm not going to feed into them and I'm not going to let these negative thoughts, you know, control and divert me from the goal. So self-curiosity is one way to increase self-awareness. And another one is mindfulness practice. So mindfulness practice could mean meditation, journaling, yoga, Um, breath work. Those are kind of the main mindfulness practices that come to mind for me. And I think really it's whatever you find is most efficient. You can fit into your day, whatever works for your lifestyle, whatever approach you're most comfortable with. Um, Personally, I really like meditation and journaling. So I think um, when it comes to meditation, I really enjoy the Headspace app. So they're guided meditations. And I could do a whole episode on meditating and the effects of it. And this ties into untethered soul or the untethered soul, untethered living. Another like self-mastery basically practice. But mindfulness is really beneficial. And um It's really a way to become more self-aware and also journaling. So like I was mentioning earlier, the morning pages, just like the consciousness streaming, just dumping everything. That's how I process my feelings. I think I mentioned that I'm an external process processor on this podcast before, like podcasting like this, very therapeutic for me. So I recommend these couple ways that you can actually, you know, these are practical ways that you can implement self-awareness in your life, in your day-to-day. You can create habits around these things to build your tool set of self-awareness, ultimately building your self-mastery and becoming, I don't know if you would say becoming a self-master, but basically um, these are practical things that you can implement in your life. So those two practices are my suggestions and uh, you can make it a part of your everyday life. So this series is really designed to take you and myself on a journey to becoming our higher selves. And the first step in that is really self-awareness. So taking inventory of where you're at and, you know, just being more present with yourself and understanding why you do the things you do being more curious about yourself. And I think that it's really just a great, I just really think it's a great way to be intentional with how you live your life. So if you found this episode helpful or you enjoyed this episode, 
Um, please comment below. Let me know what you guys are going to be doing to improve your self-mastery, to become more self-aware. And I would love to hear how you implement these practices in your day-to-day -day life. So I believe self-awareness is the key to becoming our higher selves and equipping ourselves for the things that life throws our way. So thanks for listening or watching today's podcast episode. And I love you guys. Thanks for watching. Bye.